Like the song says, he restores every heart that is broken. I'm looking at a family right here that is being restored. That's what he's about, right? That's what it's about. That's what we're about. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Because we want to see every single heart restored. We want to see every single family restored. We want to see life restored, period, right? And that's what it's about. And that's why all of you are here. And that's why we're having fun. And that's why it is so awesome just to enter into just such a spirit of worship. I, I, just, I just wanted to say, hey, just keep worshiping and we'll open the altar up and I'll just shut up. Um, that's probably what I should have done. Um, but we'll get to business. So we're we going to finish uh, finally at chapter 10. It's been a long road um, getting there. So tonight we are in chapter uh, 10. We're going to actually go our, uh, uh, verses 26 through 39. It's a big chump of, chunk of Scripture. It's a really important chunk of Scripture, and I've entitled it Law and Order. You know that you, oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. I go, James, if there's any way you could do the law and order thing, do that again. Come on now. I want to hear that again. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this is a huge uh, section of Scripture because how many of you guys bet? Bet on football games, right? Anybody? Right? Anybody just bet on dumb stuff? You know, I'll bet you a lunch, or I'll, if I lose, I'll wash your car, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do your chores, or, you know, whatever. That's all fun and games, but what we're talking kind of here in this section is, are you willing to bet eternity? Right? That's a big bet! Right? I mean, if, if you got to wash your wife's car for a month, or do just this for six months, I mean, that's doable, right? That's bearable. But can you imagine betting your eternity? That's a long time, right? You won't know how long it is until you're there, right? Then you're going to be like, wow, this is way longer than I thought. So how do we not put ourselves in that position or how do we not put ourselves in that situation is we don't make those kind of bets, right? So we know that we have been talking about, we know that, that, Let's first talk about the Hebrews. The Hebrews accepted Christ, understood what he did, understood why he did it, became believers, but then started doing a little bit of the backpedaling, right? Maybe I'm not all in. Maybe this isn't all what I thought it would be. Maybe it's harder than I thought. Maybe it is not as much fun as I thought. I remember years ago, um, I was sitting with a group of guys in my backyard that I was discipling. Um, there was, I think, four of them. So I committed to every Saturday I would make a little snack. We would go out in my backyard, and we, would, we were going through this book together, and they, we, we were having a really good time. And one of the guys said, well, how long did it take you to get to here? I go, what do you mean? He goes, like, from where you, where you got sober, how long did it take for you to get to where you are today with us? I said, I don't know, like 10 years. They're like, 10 years? That's way too long. And they didn't come back. I'm like, what? I thought maybe it was the food, but, you know, I, I mean, I still know these guys to this day. I still love these guys to this day. 
But they kind of decided at that point in time that that was like a pretty big investment. You know, that was a, you know, I don't know that I'm all in, but I'm, I'm happy to say at least two of them are still all in. And had they stayed the course, they may be further in than they thought. But don't let all this stuff scare you away. I mean, think about it. You know, we know that the, the law was abolished because we couldn't follow it. We know the new covenant was put in place, the perfect sacrifice for our sins of Jesus Christ. It was made perfect. It says in Matthew 5, 7, it says, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So Christ came as a perfect sacrifice to once and for all be an atonement, a propitiation for all you've done wrong, and let's go past, present, and future. That's a big deal, right? So all of my past sin, all of my present sin, and since I'm probably not going to sin anymore, all of my future sin. Well, yeah, I'm glad you laughed because that's, that's hilarious, right? To think that from here on out, I'm good. Anybody ever say that I'm good? Right? I think men say that more than women. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'm good. Um, so... It's a big deal. We know that if we look in the Bible, we know that Judas, we know that Judas had scared, we know that he knew the truth. He walked with Christ. He knew everything, but yet he intentionally, because of getting kind of butt hurt about not being able to have access to money for expensive perfume that was broken, right? That kind of torqued him off. Man, that was, that, you know, well, that's money that could have been, you know, that was money I could have stolen, right? Come on, right? We all think that, right? I used to love, I used to, I used to love watching cops because like, man, what I could do with a truckload of heroin, right? <laughs> right? If I could just have a truckload of heroin parked in my driveway, I would be good. I would, yeah, all the way until the heroin ran out, right? I, I used to love watching just because I love watching them confiscate all the drugs, you know. Earlier today, um, somebody walked into my office and they put several grams of, of crystal meth on my desk. And I'm like, whoo, man. All of a sudden, all these drugs are on my desk. I mean, I'm going to open a pharmacy. I don't know. Um, so I, I, uh, I called uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Reb Close, and they said, hey, I got some meth on my desk. And she said, I'll be right over. And so she came over with a little bag and put it in the bag. And uh, uh, the procedure is they go test it so they know what it is, and then it's destroyed. And so I told her, I said, if you get pulled over on the way to meet your husband to test it, call me, I'll vouch for you. <laughs> yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah. Call Mike at the bridge. He just gave it to me. Um, but those, that doesn't hold any, that no longer holds anything over me. It's empty. It's empty. You could put a truckload of heroin on my desk. That is empty. That no longer has my attention. I no longer covet that. I covet a relationship with Christ. I covet knowing more about the Bible. I covet seeing people saved. I covet people being sober, families being restored. Every heart that is broken is restored, as the song said. So this set of scripture is so important. So I'm going to start in verse 26. It says, dear friends, if we deliberately, anybody know what deliberate me, deliberately means? On purpose, right? 
Now, I'm, now I'm not, let me be really clear. I'm not talking about relapse. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm sorry, I was tempted. All right, I, I backslid. Has anybody ever backslid? Right? That, that's easy to do, isn't it? Holy cow. I just said 10 minutes ago, I would never do that again in here, yet I'm doing it again. So we can get into a mode or a season of backsliding. We could even get into a season of relapsing. That's okay. God knows that. He knows that because he made us. He knows that because he came and walked this earth. He knows what temptation is, right? So he knows. So, you know, he's not saying, well, if you backslide, you're out. He's not saying if you do something stupid, you're out. What the scripture says, and like how it says, dear friends, like, I care about you guys. Listen to me, people. If we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover the sin. So what was the perfect sacrifice? If you continually sin and continually deny it, deny it, deny it, then there, you're denying the very existence of that sacrifice that's covering the sin that you continue to commit. So where you're blowing your covering. You're denying that that is going to allow you to be free from sin. That's rolling the dice. That's taking a chance. That's betting eternity. A lot of people say this section of scripture is saying that you can lose your salvation. Make, 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 me, make sure I'm perfect. I'm not saying that. But what I am going to say from the scripture, and I'm going to read it from the scripture, is if you want to roll the dice and you want to face God himself and face his judgment, good luck, Right? He's not saying you're going to be damned, but I don't know that I want to go there and face the judgment, right? Well, you just want to hear a a good, well done, good and faithful servant enter into the kingdom of heaven, you know? You don't want to hear that. You got a lot of explaining to do, right? (laughs) Go have a seat in the waiting room, right? And we're not talking about like purgatory, but I, I want to know Right? You know, when, you're, when you go to, like, Disneyland, when you're a little kid, you have to walk up to that thing that says you have to be this tall to ride. And you get up there and you're like, oh, maybe next year. Right? I don't want to deal with that when I go to heaven. I want to know I'm in. We're good. Right? And I know we're good because your word says that we're good. So, and I've done what you've said. So I know we're good. So we're cool. Right? You know? That's what I want to do. It says there is only a terrible expectation of God's judgment in the, in the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Now, it's not saying here he's going to banish you to hell. What it is saying is that he's going to judge you, but he also judges some of his, some of his people or his enemies, and he, he destines them to spend a life separated from Christ, Right? That's not simply saying that if you sin, you're going to go to hell. What it's saying is that he does send people to hell because he is a righteous God. But what it is saying is you are going to face a judgment. I don't want to face that kind of judgment. I don't want to live that kind of life. I don't like all the years when the cops were behind me and I have like tons of dope in my car and syringes in my car. You know, when I finally got arrested in the Mr. Reuter plumbing van in Salinas, it was like 1,100 syringes in my van. 
You know, I just had bags and bags and bags of syringes. You know, I, I like to make sure I had plenty. You know, right? Never, don't, don't leave home without it. But I don't want to live that life anymore. That's not what I want to do anymore. I want to, I want to live a righteous life so that I know that I am not, not going to face a judgment. I am going to be, I'm going to be okay, you know? Because it says that his raging fire will consume his enemies. And everyone who refuses to obey the law, now let's go back and look. Everyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three. Okay, so there was a time when you could break the law and a couple of people could come along, and, uh, Eric and Summer can come along and say, yeah, I saw Mike, I saw Mike do that thing, right? And he did, probably, <laughs> you know, but on their testimony, I could be put to death, okay? But that law was abolished, right? It was abolished because it was imperfect. It didn't really work. It didn't work well. It was not something that could be in place a long time. So Jesus Christ came as the perfect sacrifice. So if God is telling you, I have given you the perfect sacrifice, why would you, or who do you think you are, that you would doubt that, that you can question that, you can continue on doing what you want to do, putting aside Christ, because you're throwing away your covering, Right? And a covering is an important thing. I was watching this commercial the other day. I, I think I don't know if it was a Geico commercial or whatever. Uh, but they were playing like hide and go seek in the desert. Right? And it was hilarious. This big old huge dude is like hiding behind like a weed. You know, I see you hiding behind that weed. You know, there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. You know, do what you're supposed to do and be where you're supposed to be. You know, we don't want to be judged by the law. We want to be judged by the law of grace. Amen? And that's what it's about. We're past the law of Moses. It says, just think how much worse punishment will be for those who have trampled the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, as if, as if it were common and unholy. I don't want to be that guy. Right? Because how many of you have been that guy? Right? All, most of us, right? Like, oh, here, here we come. Oh, here comes that guy. You know? You know? When you go, you know, go to visit the family, you know, you know, the purses are getting put in the bedroom, and the, you know, the car keys are being hidden, and the, you know, the car is being locked, and the medicine cabinet's being cleaned out, right? You know, I, I was a medicine cabinet surfer. You know, you go to visit somebody. Hey, can I use your bathroom? You know, hey, what do they got? They got some good stuff. We're going to stay for a few hours. But those are the ungodly things that we have to put away. That's the addiction that we have to put away and that we have to walk away from. And we can't just keep walking back, picking that up, saying that we're going to be covered by the blood of Christ because there's going to come a point in time where we're not. And we may have to face that judgment because it may be determined, well, no, this guy just wants to live under the law. He wants to be judged according to the law. Shoosh, man. That's all bad. Because to be judged under the law, you have to be, what do you have to be? Perfect. Can you guys say perfect? perfect? Perfect. Is there anybody in here that is perfect? All right. I lost my perfect card a long time ago. You know, probably I never had it. Maybe I just thought I had it or hoped I had it. But I, I don't have it. But... So as if it were common and holy, we have insulted 
and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God mercy to us. You know, God is the one bringing mercy to us. He's the God of second chances. He's the one saying, yet another chance, yet another chance, yet another chance, yet another chance. What do they say in the scripture? 70 times 7. It's like, holy cow. God is patient. You know, God is, God is patient. God is kind. I mean, there's so many good things about God. But God only, I mean, God only has patience for so long. I'm not saying he's going to destine you to hell. But it says that you could face his judgment. But it also goes on to say that he will send people into eternity separated from him. So let's, who wants to gamble on that one? Anybody? Anybody want to take a roll of the dice, right? Nobody? Nobody? I, I, I love watching Chopped. They have this new, new, new uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, I can't ever think about food without thinking about Steve. But they have this new Chopped. I, I like it because if you don't like the ingredients in the basket, you go to a roulette table and you roll dice. If you get an even number, you get something really good. If you get an odd number, it's something that's just nasty. Like, you know, like goat eyes or, you know what I mean? It's, they're just like terrible. You know, and, and some of these people are like, oh, I, I, oh, I don't want dark chocolate, so I'm going to roll the dice, and they get, like, goose liver. It's like, wow, that was a bad roll of the dice, right? What I don't want to do is go to heaven and say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have rolled the dice. I shouldn't have gambled with eternity. I shouldn't have risked what I have. Because right now, if you have your sobriety, and you, even a couple of people are talking to you, you got a lot, right? You got a lot. You come a long way. You know, before we leave tonight, we're going to pray for Eric and Summer who are, are moving away. Um, but when I first met Eric, he was desperate. He was strung out on meth. He tried to run me over with his car in the parking lot and kill me. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, we're still friends to this day. Um, and that's okay. That's grace and mercy, right? Amen. Amen. So, um, but I don't want to gamble with my future. I don't want to gamble with my family. I don't want to gamble with my eternity. So it goes on to say, I, I will take revenge and I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Verse 32, think back to those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Now, they're talking to this people group who actually suffered. Now, today, if you go, oh, I'm in a Christian rehab, some of your friends might go, oh, you're in a Christian rehab, that's stupid. You know, but that is, that's not persecution, right? It is not. I know we want, oh, I'm so persecuted. All of my homies think I'm, do, I'm, I'm lame because I'm in a Christian rehab. Oh, well. Because those are all the same homies that, are gonna, that, that don't come and visit you when you're in jail, right? They're not, putting, they're not putting money on your books. They're not buying you eye care packages. They're not putting money on your phone. They're not sending you anything, right? Oh, I was, oh, oh, oh. me and my old lady were on our way down to the jail to put money on your books. We got pulled over. Her car got towed, you know. Our account got frauded, you know. Right? Isn't that it? Right? I mean, it's the same old stories that you used, the same old lies you used to tell. I was going to do that. 
Well, the beauty of the Bible and the beauty of Scripture is God, God says what he means and means what he says and does what he says he's going to do, right? If any of you believe that God would deliver you from addiction and he has, did he not then do what he said he would do? Amen. He, for me, he did it, you know. I said, God, I want you to deliver me from drugs without, I didn't want to go through, I didn't want to be dope sick. So I was in a coma for a month. It was great. I woke up, I didn't drink anymore. I didn't smoke anymore. I, the, the withdrawal symptoms were gone. I mean, I couldn't walk, talk, read, or write, but hey. <laughs> but, <laughs> right? But I didn't go through withdrawals, Right? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So verse, sometimes you're exposed to public ridicule, but we already know that that, you know, not, none of you have been beaten. I don't know any of you that have gone into the bridge or any of you come on Monday night, come in and say, oh, Pastor Mike, man, I got a beat down because I said I was coming to Regen. Anybody get a beat down for coming to Regen? No, the, the thing is most people know who you are. Most people know what you're doing. They're like, thank God. It's about time. Oh, every, oh, I didn't know anybody knew, right? Because we, we think that we're this, like this big secret. Nobody knows. Nobody, they don't know we're stealing from them, you know? They don't know that we're like stealing money out of their purse and we're going to score. They, oh, they knew? Oh, I, I didn't. They already know, right? Everybody, everybody already knows. There's already people praying for you. You know, please, God, do something with this guy or please, God, do something with this girl. Please. We're at our wits in. We don't know what else to do. So it says, 44, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. I can, I can go with that. Amen to that, right? It is good that we pray for those that are in jail, right? It is good that we suffer with those that are in jail because the jail is full of so many people that need to be in a program, right? I would love to go to the Monterey County Jail, take some of these carpenter guys that I have here in the bridge and saws all that sign off, put the bridge sign up there, right? Go in there and say, all those, because you know what they do with the Bibles in the jail, right? You guys know this, right? I've told you this before, right? They know how much they weigh. So they put them into bags according to weight. So when you're at the gym with your buddies, so if I'm at the gym with Benny, Jim over there with Benny, and Benny and I are pumping some iron, or the guys at the bridge are in the back pumping iron. We already know that they, they love pumping iron at the bridge, right? They, they want them, those, 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 those bods. But if you're in the backyard at the bridge, or you're at Gold's Gym, or you're at InShape, and you, want, you tell one of your buddies, throw in another 25 plate. They pick up a plate that weighs 25 pounds, and they slide it on there. If you're at the jail, give me another bag of commentaries, Right? Because they put the Bibles in bags and lift them as weights, right? Put them in T-shirts. Put them in T-shirts. Put them whatever you want. Fill up the trash cans full of them, right? I say amen. Amen to that, right? Right? Isn't that true? At least they're using the Bible for something, right? Because eventually they're going to break it open, take it out of the shirt. They're going to open it up and they're going to say, wow. Why didn't somebody tell me, you know, that there's freedom in here? I told you guys that when Bob and I were at the jail at, at Christmas, we were in, like, the, the worst pods in the jail. The worst pods in the jail. 
right? All the worst gang members that were segregated into two different pods. Those were the two pods, the only two pods out of all the population of the jail. As we were leaving, they said, could you guys pray for us? Oh, absolutely. So the people that were the most desperate, the people that were the most separated from God, the people that were the most lost, wanted prayer. And that redemption, it doesn't matter whether you're a northerner, a southerner. It doesn't matter what you are in jail or what segregation you're in. God is for everybody, right? That's the bottom. You know, so lift weights, amen. Eventually, you're going to put the shirt down, the bag down. You're going to take it out. You're going to open up, and you're going to be like, wow, this strengthened my biceps. Now it's going to strengthen my heart and my soul and my mind. It's going to make me the man or the woman of God that, that he has always intended me to be, right? The response says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord and remember the great reward that it brings you, right? So what is the great reward? If I, I'm, we're going to pray for Vanessa in a minute. I, I, I looked down at her. We had the opportunity to share her video at uh, a, a Lighthouse Baptist Church yesterday. And it was really cool to also be able to, because she talked about going to Israel in her video, it was really cool to be able to share with that congregation that tomorrow's the day she's going to Israel. So, so if I just read Vanessa's probation report, I would say she's a mall rat that likes to steal. Am I right? Right? Drive around the mall in her BMW, ripping off Macy's. Am I right? Right? So she's a mall rat that likes to steal from Macy's. Right? But I go from that to a woman, a woman who was transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, who is now going to go to the Holy Land to see where it all began so that she can strengthen in her faith, so she can grow her faith. So this isn't just a bunch of uh, words that are taking up time. These are, these are things that are true. These are truths that God is telling us. I see it lived out every day. I see the hope lived out when I go to the jail. I see the hope in the women's home. I see the hope in the men's home. I see the hope right here in this room. I see the hope of families that come. And like, please, God, help my son or my daughter heal. You know? It's a shame that while we're doing this meeting, a couple of people in Monterey County will probably die tonight. That's a shame. It's ridiculous. Right? But it is what it is. But... I just hope they're not dying separated from God. I hope they have the opportunity to come in here on a Sunday or a Monday or whatever and listen and get a little something. Verse 37 is for in just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, but we are not like those who turn away from God Um, to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Amen? Amen. That's good news. That's a clap, right? That's an amen. We, right? That's who we are. If you go to Psalm 1, I love Psalm 1. I think Nate referenced it on Sunday. Psalm 1 talks about two groups of people. It talks about the righteous who will flourish and the wicked who will perish. So, in or out. That's the bottom line. 
It's no more middle of the road. If you walk down the road, the middle of the road long enough, you're gonna, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get hit by a car or a bus or a truck. Something's going to hit you if you walk down the middle of the road long enough, right? So figure out what it is you want to do and do that. If you want to be addicted, if you want to be in jail, if you want to live on the wild side, if you want to live on the dark side, then that's what you should do if that's what you want to do. But you know what that results in. You know what it ends up in. You know where you're going to be once again because you know why? You've been there before, right? I'll never I'll never do this again. This is the last time. Anybody ever say that? Yeah. Right? The last time. Today is the last day. Right? I promise. Tomorrow is going to be different. And you wake up in the morning and you say, this is the last day. And then an hour later, well, maybe tomorrow. Well, what the scripture is saying, you better figure it out. Because when tomorrow comes and you haven't made a decision or you have not figured out how you're going to live, you may face the righteous judgment of a just God. And you may roll the dice, and you may, I don't know about, much about dice. I mean, I, I think if you get craps, that's bad, right? Isn't that why they call it craps? I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, crap, that's a bad roll. I don't know, <laughs> right? Seems like it to me. I could be wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a dice player, Right? I've done enough gambling with my life. I'm no longer willing to gamble with my life, with my eternity, with my soul. Um, like Psalm says, you want to be the righteous one that's, that's like a tree planted by, by a stream of water that's being fed. Or it goes on to say, the wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. You know, so... You have to make a decision what, where you want to be in this scale, where you want to be in this spectrum. Do you want to possibly face judgment? Nowhere in here did it say that, you're, that if you're saved and you backslide or relapse, you're, you're going to face eternal damage. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at, at all, right? But what but I would say to you if you're truly saved, truly, truly saved, there's got to come a point in time where the rubber meets the road where you stop screwing around. You stop doing stupid stuff. You stop being immature. You start growing up. You start acting like an adult. Because everybody thinks, you know, tomorrow's guaranteed. You know? Like, it's, like, it's going to happen. Like, there, there is no guarantee. There's no, there's no guarantee you're going to make it through the rest of tonight. God, I certainly hope you do. You know, I mean, I remember... Um, we had a, a dear gentleman that went here for years and years and years. And Michelle and I loved him dearly. And Tuesday morning came and we got a phone call that he was dead. And we're like, what? We just talked to him last night. What do you mean he died last night? He had a heart attack, right? I mean, I was shocked. I was like, wow, that really brought it home for me. That's crazy. You know, and the phone calls that I get that so-and-so just died of a, an overdose or so-and-so just died in a car, it's just like, I'm over it. It's, I'm tired of it. But there are those that I get to call where I'm like, at least, at least I know they had eternal salvation. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. And it makes it easier. So the sting is less. I know it says in, in the scripture, it says, oh, Hades, where is your death? Oh, Hades, where is your sting? So when you know that someone is going to be in eternity with Christ, it's like, it, it's still sad, it still hurts, but the sting is not quite as bad, right? It's like, okay, I can, I can, 
I can hang with this, right? It is what it is. I don't, you know, God in his wisdom took him or took her. And it was, I'm, I'm sure it was for a good reason, you know. It was either, you know, maybe things were going to get worse for him. Maybe they would, ne- maybe they, maybe, maybe they were going to continue to backslide, you know. I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is if you're here tonight, if you're sober tonight, why risk it? Why do something stupid? Why, why pick up those dice and say, I want something better, right? Ernst, I am perfectly happy driving around the peninsula in a 2000 Honda Civic, all right? All right? It's beat up. It's white. It's paid for. Amen, right? I'm okay with that. I don't, like, you know what? I only freak out because I don't want to hit one of those Lamborghinis because I know, I know that I'm not carrying enough insurance, Right? Like, oh, man, that was like a million dollars. Are you kidding me? I got like 20, I got like 50 grand in coverage. So, I mean, I don't know what I have, but what I'm saying is, but, but I understood what you meant about that. It's like, sometimes we just got to be happy with what we have. It's like, this is, this is okay for now, right? It's better than MST, right? It's better than calling an Uber. It's better than calling your friend for the 7,000th time because you got nine DUIs, Right? So stop where you're at, look where you're at, be grateful for where you're at, start cleaning up the mess that you're in, and move forward, you know? And if you, if you, if you reach a pinnacle or a mountaintop, you know the first thing you need to do is? Reach, get food. I like that. Amen. Reach down, and, reach down for, for somebody who's still back. Help pull them up. Amen. So I'm going to have Vanessa come up and Eric and Summer come up. And we're going to pray for all of you guys. So come on up. I wonder if they know what a mall rat is in Israel. I don't know. No? I'll I don't know. What do you think? Do, do they have malls there? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. probably. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm thinking like Old Testament Israel, right? Like, like everything's going to be dirt, and there's going to be, the Nile River's going to be at every crossing, you know? So I'm, like, picturing you, like, wading across the Nile. Yeah. I think everybody has that picture. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, city and... So can you, can you, for me, I'm going to ask you in front of can you send me a picture of you standing in the Nile? Or the Jordan? No, we're going to be the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan, yes. Well, don't be pushing me, girl, here. All right? Yeah. Let's let's do it. All right. All right, send us some pictures so we can share them. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, yeah, so, um, so true story, I met Eric like 11 years ago, uh, about, 12. about 12 years ago, I w- he was sleeping in the parking lot, and I was going to run him off, because he was, been here for a long time, and he, tr- he literally, he actually tried to run me over with his car, it was no, it was just another day in the life of me and the bridge, you know, you know, you know, some crazy dude tried to run me over, and I, I didn't give it a second thought. And probably six months or so later, I went to visit this guy in jail, and I interviewed him for the bridge. I said, hey, I think you'd be a great candidate for the bridge. I look forward to having you come and join us at the bridge. And he's like, wait a minute, you don't remember me, do you? I go, no. He goes, I'm the guy that tried to run you over in the parking lot. I went, oh. Yeah, he had hair down. It was like his waist, yeah. It was like 140 pounds. Yeah. But I, did, but I didn't remember but that didn't deter me. I was like, and Eric and I have become the best of friends, you know, over the years watching him grow, 
See, there's only two men that kiss me, and Eric is one of them, right? So <laughs> don't be getting no ideas over there, you guys. Uh, but anyway, so Eric has, has really done well. He graduated the bridge. He actually worked for the city of Pacific Grove for seven years with all of those felonies, right? All right? And then his, his childhood sweetheart came back into his life, and uh, they're going to move to Vancouver uh, in about a week and start a new life. So we want to pray for them as they go. Eric has been a big part of my life and Michelle's life for many, many years. Um, and so we're going to pray for him. And then we're going to pray for Vanessa, who has grown to the point in her walk where she actually wants to go to the Holy Land and understand more about who God is and where he was and the places that he walked and the things that he saw and the smells and the tastes and the touches. And it's like exciting. So I'm, I'm really proud of you and looking forward to that full report. So, Father God, we thank you for Eric and Summer. We thank you for the work, Lord, that you've done in his life. Um, you've brought him from the depths of addiction to being a responsible person, Lord, that's serving you, that is now going to move on and begin a new chapter in his life, Lord. So we pray for him. We pray for Summer. And we'll, as, though we'll miss him, Lord, this is the natural progression of what we like to see happen, come from addiction, despair, to hope, to begin to be fruitful in your life. So, Lord, that's, that's why we do what we do. So, Lord, we just thank you so much for what you've done in Eric and Summer's life. And as they go on, we just pray that, Lord, you will continue to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And then there's Vanessa. So, Lord, I want to thank you for Vanessa. Lord, just the absolute dramatic change that you have made in her heart first and foremost, her life secondarily, Lord, uh, that changes the, the way that she looks at things are different, the way she thinks about things that are different, the way she desires to serve you in all that she does, uh, Lord. She has such a servant's heart. So we thank you for that. We, Lord, pray that you would speak mightily to her uh, during her time away, that she would have a, a much fuller and richer understanding of who you are, and what you mean to her in her life. And Lord, you will continue to grow her in her walk, that she'll become stronger and continue to be that woman of faith. So we just thank you. We pray for safety for the entire Israel team as they travel tomorrow. And we pray for them the 11 days that they'll be gone. So we just lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.